Hello. Thank you for listening to the Avenue GCLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of Moore to you, thank you and God bless. Talk with Jesus makes it right. On today uh, starts a new year, and we begin a series of lessons that will cover what we know of as our our mission statement. Uh, Here at the Avenue G Church of Christ, uh, we're considered to be people of, that sounds like less, but let's try it again. We are considered to be people of now, in that mission statement, th- these aren't just words that we speak. These are, these are things that we live by. We feel that if we are doing one of these four things, if we're doing one of these four things, we are being pleasing to God in some way, shape, form, in some capacity. Uh, we are people who learn more, love more, do more, and teach more. Uh, and so within this month, we will be looking at each one of those uh, points and going over what it is that we should be doing as Christians, not what the next person should be doing, not what your neighbor should be doing, not what your husband or wife should be doing, not what your kids should be doing, but I want each individual person to be looking within themselves and saying, am I living out this mission statement? Am I being a person of more? That is our goal, because I want you to understand something. This is something that I've been thinking about and, and it's something that I've, this is not the first time that I said it. It is not the job solely of the minister to grow the church spiritually, to grow the church numerically. My job is to teach, preach, to equip the church. That means that you should not be going and grabbing folks and pointing them in the direction of the church. You should be pointing at yourself and saying, I am the church. Here's how you are to be as I follow God. Amen. We need to grow to that point to where we can say, I can stand on my faith. I can stand on God's word because I am the church and this is what God would have you to be. Amen. Amen. Now, today's lesson is going to be titled, if you take notes, today's lesson is titled, Learn More. Learn More. Learn More. You can go back to the, the, the title learn more, learn more. Now, we have four steps that I stated before. The first step that we look at is to learn more. Second is to love more. The third is to do more. The fourth is to teach more. Learn more has to do with us making sure that this is taken care of, because if we don't take care of this thing right here, your noggin, 
your inner being. If you don't take care of that, you can't be about the business of God, right? This affects what happens with this thing here, our body, our actions, right? That affects what happens, right? Take care of that because what you put into your heart is going to come out in your actions. It's going to come out in what you say. Mm. Mm. Had a had a young person at uh, Geek Squad ask me, hey, I, I know you're a preacher. Uh, will I go to hell if I cuss? We had an interesting conversation after that, but be careful what you put into your heart and what you allow to come out. Love more has to do with the relationship among God's people. It is important. Guess what? It's important that we treat each other right. It's important that we actually love on each other. Do you know that? That's important. Uh, Do more has to do with us being the church in the world. The church or the world right now needs to see God. The world needs to see God and they need to see God through our actions. We look at the world and we wonder why all churches, not just the Church of Christ, uh, is dying and fading away and young people aren't staying committed after they leave the home. It's because we aren't being the church in the world. They need to see evidence. They need to hear more than you're wrong or you're right. They need to see it, right? And that's what do more is about. And the last one is to teach more. It is our job to make sure that we that we are being the church and that we are teaching folks who God is, right? If you wear the name of Christian, raise your hand. It is your responsibility to evangelize, amen? And in the year of 2020, I'm going to challenge you. The year of 2020, each person, each person needs to be bringing one person, one visitor a month, one, one visitor a month. Each person needs to bring one visitor a month. Didn't get an amen on that. But we need to be bringing one visitor a month. I don't care if it's the same visitor, but each person needs to be bringing one visitor a month. Because what happens is, is we're, what's, what happens is if we don't reach out and branch out, right, and it would be great if we can get this community in this five-mile radius in here because it doesn't make sense for uh, for God to place us in this community and the community not be connected to the church. Amen. Each person invite one person a month. And they don't even have to be like you. They don't have to look like you look. They don't have to be related to you. Invite one person, bring one person. One. Just one. 30 days except for February, right? 30 days at least. To bring one person. Can we accept that challenge? I think we can. But at some point, there should never be a time when you're not working on one of these things. Learning more, loving more, doing more, teaching more. There should be a point where you're working on something. At some point throughout the year 2020, there should be a point where you're working on one of these things. Because if you're not, what are you doing? Today our focus is on learn more, learn more. Some of us, some of us have fond memories of, of school, right? We, we, some of us have fond memories of learning. Some of us were some of those whiz kids that when we came home, we got all the money from our parents because we made A's on our report cards, right? Right, Alyssa? 
<laughs> I always mess with her about their report cards. But some of us were some of those students who who made grades where we our grades didn't even look like they should have been F. They should have been Zs, right? And we don't have a comfortable time with learning. To hear that we have to learn something new is terrifying to us. But what I want you to understand is, is that when you're dealing with learning with God, when you're dealing with learning with God, it's not like how it looks externally or outside of the church. A lot of times when people go about uh, seeking education in the world, it is simply for themselves, right? Sometimes it could be about, okay, I need this status or I need these letters after my name so I can make myself feel good. I can make others think that I'm important, right? But whenever you're learning of God, it is beneficial not only to you, but it's also beneficial to the world. When you're learning of God, it's not only beneficial to you and it's not only beneficial to the world, but it's also helpful for your relationship with God. Do you understand that if you are not learning of God, you run the risk of alienating yourself, separating yourself from the relationship that you should have with God? Did you know that? Learning of God is important. And so what we're going to look at today is the book of Ephesians. We're going to look at the book of Ephesians. And as the Apostle Paul here, he records in this epistle to the church at Ephesus, a reminder of what the old life looked like and what the new one should look like. He's telling the folks at Ephesus, he says, I need you to change clothes. The person that you used to be, I need you to change those clothes and put on the clothing that makes you look like God. He says, I need you to change clothes. I need for you to change who you are and become the new person. Paul here is not speaking to a group of people who are not already followers of Christ. He's talking to Christians. So turn your Bibles with me, if you will, to Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Now we'll read the text in its entirety, and then we'll look and see what God has for us. Say amen when you're there. We don't have to be sad about this, okay? The Bible reads, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Can we say alienated? alienated. Understand that if you are alienated from God, it is a choice that you made. Verse number 19. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self. Can we say old self? Which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul is telling the church, you need to look like where you're going. Amen. 
I remember going on job interviews as a kid, and as I go into McDonald's or Chick-fil-A and Sam's Club, I was always told to present myself in a way that I want to get the job. If I want to go into a job interview, I'm going to wear interview clothes. I'm going to make sure my pants are ironed, my shirt is pressed. I'm going to make sure my breath smells good because I'm going to be talking face-to-face to people. I'm preparing myself for what I want to be, right? Paul's telling people, you need to look like where you're going. In heaven, there won't be any any sinners. In heaven, there won't be any type of contradictions or wrong living or lying or cussing or stealing and all of these different things that we choose to do as human beings. That won't be in heaven. So Paul is saying you need to change who you are here to make it look like who you will be up there. Verse number 17. Read that for us, Brother Arnold. Verse number 17. Now this I say. He says, now this I say. And testify in the Lord. Uh-huh. That you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Paul here, he speaks in reference to those living in Ephesus, right? And he's saying, I don't want you to live like people who don't have Christ yet. When he says Gentiles, he's talking about people who have not believed and been baptized for the remission of their sins, following after Christ Jesus. He says, I don't want you to live like them anymore. I don't want you to live like them anymore. And the way that he describes them is he says that their minds are futile. That means that their minds have no purpose. Their minds are useless. And we remember a point in time when our minds used to be just the same way. Our minds were only focused on things that didn't really matter or didn't really have a, a, a purpose in our lives. So when we look at this word here, I want to show you what it means. Futile is pertaining to being useless on the basis of being futile and lacking in content. Useless, futile, empty. Paul says that if you don't have Christ, the folks that don't have Christ yet, they're living in the futility of their minds. And sometimes as Christians, we can return back to where we used to be. We remember before we began to follow Christ, we remember that some of our hearts in our B.C. days would follow after things like power. Things like power. We wanted nothing more in the world to have but power. We wanted the desire to influence others. And we remember that we used to want and desire after independence. We just wanted to be reliant only on self. I want to prove to my parents. I want to prove to the world that I don't need anybody, that I can do everything by myself. We used to be about the desire of only seeking after acceptance. I want to be included in everything. I want to be a part of groups. I don't want to be by myself. We sought after things like romance, where we only sought the sex and beauty and other people and not necessarily in the confines of marriage. We, 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 in our past, we used to seek after physical activities where we only desired to look good. I want to make sure that I'm going to the gym so I can get my muscles up. I want to make sure that I go see the doctor so I can get some implants in my backside and look like an ant, right? We remember how we used to have our minds thinking these ways, right? We remember that our desires used to only be about money. And the desire to amass great wealth. I'm trying to hit, see my bank account hit a certain number. We remember being stuck in the patterns of idealism. And that is the desire where we seek to have social justice. And I want you to understand, please understand this. Because we spend too much time, we spend too much time trying to fix the world 
when God has already given us the solution. We will not see peace on this world. We will not see that here. There's always going to be someone who is not like based on what they look like. I'm just saying it. Is it wrong that we don't have justice at times? Yes. Is it wrong that people are killed because of what they look like? Yes. But where is our focus at? Our priority is not social justice. It's God's justice. That's going to trump all. If we're doing God's will, it won't matter what happens here. So we have someone better to go. And that's the thing that we have to understand. Because, you know, when we're young, we think that we have to fix this place because we're going to be here for a long time. But as you keep living, you start to realize, I don't have much longer. And there's a destination that everybody is going. Everybody's going to die. Everybody is going to die. Am I wasting my time chasing after power whenever God is the ultimate source of power? Am I wasting my desire seeking after independence whenever I need to understand that God has made it to where I need to be a part of groups? Am I seeking to be accepted by people when the only acceptance that matters is the acceptance of God? Am I seeking romance outside of the confines of marriage? Am I seeking a desire to perfect this body when the inner person is damaged and ugly? Not realizing that everything falls. Pecks, backsides, and bellies. Am I realizing that with God, with God, he has given me the understanding to realize that money, although it is good, it is the root, the love of it, it is the, the love of it is the root of all evil. And with God, have I failed to realize and understand that justice doesn't just pertain to us, whether it be race people, groups, political parties, or citizenship status. Once we become Christians, not much changes as we transform these desires, right? And at times we fall back into these ideologies. But God tells us how to properly deal with and handle all of these things. What we have to understand is, is the mind of a Christian must have purpose our mind can't be futile. It can't be useless. The way that you have your mind set up and wired, it cannot be useless. There has to be a purpose. There has to be a purpose in your heart. So why do you think the way that you think? What is your purpose for why you do what you do? Is it to make money? Is it to have a nice house? Is it to have a nice car? Why do you do what you do? Paul says that we ought to have a purpose and we ought not be futile. Verse number 18 and 19. Read that for us, brother. They are darkening their understanding. He says that people who don't have Christ, they're darkening, darkened in their understanding. 
alienated from the life of God. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Uh huh. Due to their hardness of heart. Now this is what I need you to see right here. When he says that they are darkening the understanding, that means that everybody who lives without Christ, they have everything that they need in front of them, but they don't know what to do with it. Now, just imagine for yourself. Imagine, imagine that if you hadn't eaten for seven days, right? You, you, you were hungry. And then all of a sudden you were presented with a bucket of Crisco and some flour and some drumsticks and a stove. And then you picked up that raw chicken leg and you just bit into it. And then you got the Crisco and you mixed it with some flour and you ate that too. That's that's foolish, right? You have everything that you need to make some good fried chicken, except for the season, right? You have everything that you need to make good fried chicken, but because of your lack of understanding, you can't get what you need. And what Paul is saying here is just that. The person who lacks Christ is darkening their understanding to where they could be standing in front of the solution and they have no idea how to take advantage of it. That's how life is if you do not concentrate on learning of God. You can have the solutions right in front of you. You can carry it around in your hand, have multiple versions of the Bible on your phone and still not know how to live this life. God, I don't know how to find a good man. I don't know how to find a good woman. I don't know how I should be as a worker. I don't know how I should be as a husband. I don't know how I should be as a wife. I don't know how I should be as a child. Lacking understanding because we do not take the time to learn of God. Do you see the importance in that? He says that they're darkening understanding. And what else, Brother Arnold? They have. They have alienated. They have become callous. Nope. Alienated. From from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them alienated. The life of God is eternal. Who wants to be a foreigner when it comes to that? And it's due to two things. It's due to their ignorance and it's due to hardness of heart. Now, ignorance is to not know, right? Ignorance is to plainly not know. I didn't know any better. I wasn't aware of that. Hardness of heart is stubborn unwillingness to learn. Mental stubbornness, closed-minded. I want you to understand. Both of those are on us. If we're ignorant, it's because we haven't sought out knowledge. Do you understand that? If we're ignorant of something, it's because we have not sought out knowledge. And understand that if you have hardness of heart to where your mind is closed off, to where you're closed-minded, I know what I know and I ain't learning nothing new. Guess what? You're in the wrong place. You're not going to learn anything else. You're going to alienate yourself from God. You're going to be and darken in your understanding because you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to be willing to learn. There are things that I believed in my past to be true that I've learned that are not. If we want to be pleasing to God, We have got to seek to learn. When it comes down to it, 
When it comes to the will of God on the day of judgment, we look at God, we answer for the things that we've done in our lives. But God, I did your will. Such and such, God's going to tell us, you chose to be ignorant. You kept your heart closed from learning. You didn't come back to Bible class. You didn't read your Bible when you had time to. You chose Netflix. You chose Hulu. You chose the fire stick over my word. And God's going to say, your will be done. You had the opportunity to do my will, but your will be done. Here's your reward. And that's a scary thought. That's a scary thought. It should be terrifying for us to be in the place to where we know everything. That'll be terrifying that for us to think that we can't learn anything new. The Bible continues on in verse number 19. What does it say there? They have become callous. It says that these folks who don't have Christ, they became callous. I want you to understand that to become callous means it's hard to penetrate. And some of us have let things that have happened to us and let other people cause us to become callous and say, I can't listen to him. I can't listen to her. I can't read the word of God because of a past situation. I've become callous to where I can hear the word of God and it has no effect on me at all. I can come into the house of God for worship and it doesn't move me. I can hear lyrics and songs about how good God is and I don't think about a good thing that God has done for me. I just come into worship to check off a box and said I was here. And some of us are in that state right now to where we come into this place, we leave out the same as we came in. Didn't bring anything in and didn't take anything with us. And that's because we have become callous. I only come because my spouse made me come. I only come because my family comes. God's word doesn't affect our heart anymore. That's a dangerous place to be in. Because when God's word can't affect you, it can't affect the world. But it will affect your relationship with him. Paul says they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. In some of our Bibles, it says licentiousness. And what that means there in this context, what it means is this is a lack of moral restraint. This means that I just want to do what I want to do and I don't care if it's wrong. I don't care if it's right or wrong. I just want to please myself. And that's where some of us are. Do you understand that people don't come into church, the church building, and don't come to worship? Not because of what someone has done to them, but simply because they have better things to do. Do you realize that? This is this willful, this sensuality that it speaks of here is any time that you're unwilling to stop engaging in sin. Some of us tell ourselves, I know what, what I'm doing is wrong, but I'm not going to stop. 
I'm not going to stop drinking. I'm not going to stop drugging. I'm not going to stop stop fornicating. I'm not going to stop lying. I'm not going to stop being bitter. I'm not going to stop hating. All of these things that we choose to do that we know are wrong, and we still do it anyway. And what's even scarier is he says that these folks that are not in Christ, they become greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That means that they have a hunger, a thirst to do wrong. We start off our lives, we experience some things, and at first, you know, we, we have to force ourselves into being involved with sin. You know that feeling when you first do something that you know is not right, but you just want to try it out. And you got to force yourself into doing that thing. And then all of a sudden, you have a desire and it grows. What you did before isn't good enough anymore. I got to go to the next level and do something even worse just to get the satisfaction that I felt before. Paul says they become greedy and they desire and they hunger and they thirst for wrong. That's what the mind of someone who seeks not to learn of God does. Because it's pointless, right? That's pointless to live that way. When a Christian ignores their mind, I want you to understand this. When a Christian ignores their mind, they condemn themselves. They condemn themselves. They send themselves to hell. To be immoral is to commit spiritual suicide. When you ignore your mind, you condemn yourself and you commit spiritual suicide. Ephesians 4, 20 through 21. Read those, Brother Arnold. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Keep reading. Assuming that you have learned about him and were taught in him uh-huh. as the truth is in Jesus. Now, what I want you to see here is that Paul says, but that is not the way you learn Christ. He could have very easily said that's not how you learn Jesus. That's not how you learned about that man who used to be with us. But he said, that is not the way you learn Christ. He speaks to people who already know Christ, who are already Christians. And he said, that's not how you learned about the appointed one. The one who came here for a purpose to save your soul. That's not how you learned about him. Because guess what, people of God, Christians, guess what? You have a purpose too. You have a purpose too. Your desire to be on this earth is not just to be a mother, not just to be a father, not just to be the employee of whoever it is you work for. Your, your purpose is to be about the business of God. God wants all mankind to be in relationship with you, with him. And guess whose responsibility it is? Us. He said, that's not the way you learn Christ. You didn't learn to be pointless and have no use, and be empty in what you do, and have an empty heart, you have purpose, Paul says. He says, verse 21, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus. Paul here says, you need to understand that if you want to seek out truth, if you want to understand that what you're doing is right, it can only be found in Jesus. Sometimes, As we've continued to learn things about God and we've continued to grow in age, we think for a moment, we think for a moment, and it happens, we think for a moment that we know it all. But Paul here said, I'm going to have to whoop your mind real quick. 
And understand, you're not too old to get your mind whooped. Because what you thought you knew might not be right. What you thought you knew might not be right. As children, when, when our parents taught us one way, and we chose to act in another, we would get a whooping. Right? We know that that's illegal now. You get the death penalty if you do that. But this was not to kill us, but it was to set us back on the correct path. And Paul here is trying to do that. We have to understand that we will never know everything. But God has given us enough for salvation. Salvation now and salvation in eternity. Understand that your salvation that God has given you is not just for heaven. It's for salvation now. You can be saved from everything that you are going through right now, the things that bring you down, the things that weigh heavy on your heart, God can save you from it right now, not just later. Christianity isn't a later for you, later for you religion. You can be saved from loneliness now. You can be saved from depression now. It's not just for later. The world presents to us a mirage. And it tells us, come and follow me. Here's truth. And when we get up close to it, it's too late. And it's become what it actually is. Death. Truth points towards purpose. And truth can only be found in Jesus. And so we're asking ourselves, how, how? Paul says in verse number 22, what does he say there? To put off your old self, uh -huh. which belongs to your former manner of life, okay. and is corrupt through deceitful desires. He says, you have to put off your old self. The self that is corrupted, deceived, or deluded by desires. Your old self that used to think wrong was right. And understand that you can't change self unless you change this. Understand, you can't change self unless you change this. You might be saying to yourself right now, I'm struggling with this thing that I've been struggling with for years. I can't overcome it. There's nothing I can do to overcome it. I just try my best to hide it so that I don't have to feel shame. I want you to understand, the first step to changing that thing is to change your heart, the inner man. You have to change that first. You have to put away your former life and then uh, read that. Keep reading. Verse 23. And to be renewed in the spirit and of your says, minds. You have to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. In doing so, you will be able to put on this new person, which is created in the likeness of God in true righteousness. I want you to understand it was not enough that you were made new 50 years ago when you were baptized, 10 years ago when you were baptized, five years ago when you, it wasn't enough that you were made new at that point. You got to keep renewing your mind. You have to keep seeking after truth. Since we understand that we won't know it all, that means that we're going to continue learning things that we did not know before. You're going to see deeper truths and what you learned about years ago. 
I spoke about Jonah. Most of us only thought about Jonah and that big fish. Who knew that we could learn about forgiveness from Jonah? Jonah was the one who was supposed to be taking this message to God's people and they received forgiveness. Who knew that we can learn forgiveness from him, right? There are things that are to be gained from renewing our minds. It says that when we renew our minds and we put on this new self, there are two things that happen. We will be created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Now, righteousness, righteousness is the ability to do right, to do right things. We all in here want to do right things, right? Nobody in here wants to make mistakes, which is going to set us back and make us do more work than what we had to do in the first place. God allows us to be righteous. And then when we look at holiness, this thing that also happens is, is we become holy. We become set apart for a purpose. Righteousness is for you. Righteousness is for you. It helps you out. It's beneficial for you to learn of God so that you can be righteous and do right things, whether it be in raising your children, being a spouse, being a, a, a worker, a co-worker, an employer. No matter what it is, God tells us how it is that we are to do it in the right way. That's for you. But holiness is for the people outside because we're appointed to help save them. And it's also for your relationship with God because God wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. No other religion provides that to where the ultimate high being wants to be in relationship with the ones that are following. The only one is Yahweh God. Created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. I want you to, to understand. I want you to understand that in our quest to learn more of God, it's not about the amassing of things that you can just talk about, right? Proving people wrong, having debates. But it's for you. It's for your good, the world's good, and your relationship with God. The people of more have to continue to learn of God. Because guess what? When you learn of God, it affects the real you. If you don't get anything else, get this. I want you to pay attention. If you don't get anything else, get this. Learning more of God affects the real you. We are not we are not bodies in possessions of souls. We are souls that possess a body. The inner us will continue to live on. This body will not. And if you don't make the inner you more like God, how can you expect to be where he is? There will only be things in heaven that resemble God. If you don't change the inner man, the inner you, that, that thing that, that thinks that no one else has access to, no other person, you could be sitting next to somebody thinking some awful things about them right now. Only you have access to that inner person. That has to resemble God. You can do it. I can't do it for you. I just present the information. You have to do it. It's for your benefit. 
It's for the world's benefit, and it will strengthen your relationship with God. Let us learn more. If you're not a Christian on this morning, I want you to understand. I want you to understand that you live beneath your privilege. God, God loves you. God has a wealth of grace and mercy for you. But what he desires is obedience. There are people who would say that our works don't save us, and that is true. It takes both faith and obedience. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must believe that he's the Son of God. Jesus came down to this earth to die for us, to set us free, to save us, to rescue us. He died for that purpose. You must have faith that that is true. God has set in place some conditions for your salvation. He says that you have to meet the blood of Jesus. You have to change your mind about the way that you've been living in the past. You have to repent of your sins. You must. How can we change the inner man if we don't feel sorry about what we used to do? You must repent of your sins. You must confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must be baptized for the mission of your sins. In doing so, we meet the blood of Jesus. In doing so, we become new creatures in Christ to where we don't have to worry anymore about what happened because God has already washed it away. If you're a Christian this morning and you need prayer and you need to grow in God and you just need you just need someone to pray with you so that you can get there, understand that we can pray for you. Understand that it is possible for you to learn more. You may say, well, they said I had a learning disability at school. Well, guess what? God has not presented us something that all men cannot retain. God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't make his word unattainable for you if you need it for your salvation. Come, ask for prayer, do better. That's all we ask. Please do so as we sing the song of invitation.